Welcome to Deathwatch's Call of Cthulhu campaign, Descent into Darkness Season 2. This is episode 19. My name is Travis and I'll be your keeper today. So, before we get back to it, let's have our principal cast give an introduction to their characters. Mm. Oh, guten Tag, I am Johann Müller and I am in complete and total control. <laughs> Control the vertical and the horizontal. <laughs> Do not adjust. I, like that. <laughs> I am Brandon, playing Dr. Wallace Andrews, a man currently deep in thought about a riveting novel entitled Giant Women from Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Need to get that grindhouse voice going. Yeah. Giant Women from Mars. Giant Women. <laughs> And I'm Justin. I am playing Lance Monroe, a museum curator for the occult, who is slowly realizing just how much he is in over his head. And I'm John playing James Whitmire, and that's it. <laughs> I ain't saying nothing to nobody. Head empty, no thoughts. It's <laughs> the way to get out of this sane. All right, so our uh, opening scene is in the car ride back from... Detective Wayne Nichols, where you recently had a dinner with he and his wife, and you talked about the recent abduction of James Clark by two men, Sweeney Byrne and Quinn Doyle, both associates of Francis Sweetheart Walsh, the scourge of Charlestown. Mm. Also at that dinner... Fiona Nichols uh, had a book that she picked up in a cafe, no, not a cafe, a bookstore in downtown Boston called The Mind's Eye. And instead of the author pick on the jacket, there was the symbol used by the Church of Contemplation and Our Lord Granter of Secrets. Perhaps this is clue to where another ex-member is? Who knows? And that's mostly what happened last session, although you learned that the person who led the ritual that may have caused Mr. Dooley's death was went by the name Murrow. Of course, that could be Murrow Beckett, that could be William Murrow Jr., mm. or that could be an unknown French person mm. also named Murrow, according to Dr. Call. <laughs> and uh, is there anything else I'm leaving out? What else happened last session you guys remember? Um... Um, let's see. We had we found the frog <laughs> statue at Lamar's shop. Yeah, okay. gave it to him. Uh, he's researching some, uh, like what the man with the lisp bought from his store. Um, and then, as we discussed pre-recording, Doctor Call kept us up on a blow-by-blow blow of his uh, investigation into the asylum. Yeah, every what four minutes, almost on the dot. <laughs> Yeah, is that it? I, um, I think we also 
was it last game session that we got the kids to start yeah, that, watching the yeah, yeah they're watching one of we the locations watch yeah. one of the, yeah and then yeah i think that's and i received uh oh yeah the, uh, the the writ for dr andrews uh his life oh yes is uh to be removed from the board the calculus has been done mm-hmm. so yeah you're in this car, I assume Jimmy Whitmire's car. I think he's the only one who has a car. Yeah. The uh, Making the 30-minute or so drive back to Boston from Wayne Nichols' house. And I suppose we can begin with a discussion about what is to be done about James Clark. If anything, I'll put the time at about 6.30, 6.45 p.m. that evening. Um Actually, why don't you give me an education role, Whitmire? This is your school of hard knocks role. Being tailed. How bad was it? <laughs> I succeeded <laughs> <Wow>. so hard. <laughs> you start out every game session like that. It's No, all... he, he, it's because he made a deal with Zegua, and he's taken all of our luck. Anyway, good role, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you remember what happened a couple of sessions ago. Yeah, you had a great first role, and then... So, you in your mind... Well, at least coming from your subconscious, is it's sort of entertaining this idea of rescuing James Clark. And if it's suppo- if it is to be done, there are a few things that come to your mind. And uh, one is it's handy to know where to take somebody if you're going to get injured. Because you had a circumstance back in the day where uh, Joe Jackson got winged by a cop while you guys were running. And um, the organization, Patrick Malone's organization you were working for, they had a a place you could go that wasn't a hospital where there weren't going to be any questions asked. So that's one sort of thought that comes in. Another one is that with three spots being watched, communication is key. And you're not going to totally be able to reduce the lag time, but having somebody at a place where they can send off a telegram, having runners like kids on bikes are great for that sort of thing, can kind of keep the chain of communication open. And also, since you're going to be nabbing somebody, you're going to need a getaway driver. And then these guys need to know what happens if they get pinched. I mean, you know what to do, but these are doctors and professors and cult leaders. (laughs) They're just going to start blabbing. (laughs) So these are a few thoughts that come from your past experience. But uh, now I'll just open it to this car ride conversation you guys can have about what needs to be done about James Clark, if anything at all. We need to rescue James Clark. Yeah, he is kind of key to our ability to get the young Dooley boy off of his murder charges. But also, he's only in this position because we asked him to take the case. True. So we're responsible. Though I have a suspicion that some of his other cases have likely run afoul of people like this, and it's just a natural part of one a lawyer's job in this day and age let me interject with one more thing i move you guys over to the charlestown map you should see there's a note with list of potential assets you guys mentioned last session so you know maybe finn mccraken can help or maybe he actually knows somebody else uh wayne nichols guys are officer gary lambert old man lambert which he contacted and sent to one of the locations uh drew's crew would still need to be negotiated with minor if you wanted their help same with if Patrick Malone has any guys, and you have the Great Knights watching another location, and that should all be marked on your map with 
tokens and what have you. Yeah, I thought we were going to do the uh, Drew's crew option as one of the potentials. Yeah, because he would jump at the chance to hurt Walsh. I have no opinion on the matter. Uh, I <laughs> believe that I am far too old to be gallivanting around and yeah. staging daring escapes or rescues. <clears throat> Thus, how am I supposed to get up to something nefarious? <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps you could help by relaying messages. Uh, p- perhaps, but I'm not that spry. <laughs> to get him a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> One of those ones with the Big wheel in the yeah, front. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> European, so... That's what I was trained on. It's a European bike. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose I could make a, a slight comment of, as long as you don't let him drive the vehicle, kind of <laughs> smile at you. I'll look confused at uh, Monroe. Much like the uh, truck that you borrowed up in northern Massachusetts. My right eye will twitch. <laughs> <laughs> Did we check with uh, Finn yet? I don't think we have. I think we should explore that option as well. Ah, yes, the mute would be our most valuable asset. It always seems ready and willing to help. Yeah, you guys have, uh, I think, way early on when Rupert Merriweather offered Finn's service he gave away for you to contact him. So that can be arranged once you get back in Boston. I still believe that we should attempt to well, give the name of uh, oh, Betty's uh, boyfriend, the one who believes and has confessed to uh, leading the ritual or being one of the people that read the, read the ritual, that we should still attempt to drop his name uh, at the appropriate location. Perhaps we can get out of this without any sort of gunfire. The consortium will just hopefully release if they agree. That would be preferable. I, for one, am not eager to enter in any sort of gun battle with anyone, hmm. but... Yes. Th- those days are long, long since gone for me. <laughs> not that they ever were. Yes, I, I've never really had those days. I have actually tried very hard to steer clear of those days. Mm, agreed. This is why you always must hire people for such things. Uh, if you are unearthing a, uh, a tomb... It is always good to have appropriate amounts of security. Yes, it's too bad uh, Mr. Stanton isn't <clears throat> available right now. He he would be quite the asset. Uh, the man who was at Peru with you? Yes, he was He was quite good, especially with his very large rifle. I believe it was called an elephant gun. Well, who's the guy, the other crew, um... You know, if there's any need for guns, perhaps you could arm the great knights. Then they they can probably <laughs> take care of that part. Well, it seems as if Detective Nichols has a few men that can go to one. Yeah, the Drews crew can go to the other. And if we bring Mister McCracken with us, yeah. his uh, shotgun is always a most welcome defense. Yeah, his shotgun saved me from an extra dimensional being. That traveled through a singularity. <laughs> so he'll be yes? handy to have with us. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Whitmire? I guess to frame it up a little bit, you have... Uh, it seems like Monroe and, and Mueller are, are 
talking about this idea of maybe just getting the consortium a name and and thereby avoiding any need to send anybody in guns blazing. Worst comes to worst, uh, Herr Kimball, they can still go about their uh, gallivanting and uh, because they have no prior connection to the consortium. Sorry for interrupting you. Why are you looking at me like that? (laughs) I do like having the option of a plan B lined up. So Yeah, like, uh, sorry, go for it. Uh, I was just going to say, what what are you guys planning on doing with the consortium? Maybe we have understanding. We have the ability to give them a name and have that person replace Charlie Murphy if the consortium agrees to it. Oh. And most likely that will also potentially get the lawyer off scot-free because he would no longer be interfering. I think we had one thing we had to check on before we could do that. Um, it had to be a low enough standing. Well, it also had to make sense according to the law. So if the young man went missing bef- like long before the murder, then it doesn't make sense for... But he didn't. Like, he confessed to... Well, yeah, he confessed to us that he had been a part of the ritual, but it still has to make sense according in a court of law. But it's we still could potentially give the name. Yeah. Uh, you have someone who's willing to confess. He disappeared off the radar, so his whereabouts are unknown. Yeah. No alibi type thing. Yeah, we can definitely do that. We could even do that tonight. Well, that's what uh, I'm saying. Like, we could do both of this if need be, too. Because, like, uh, Dr. Andrews and Whitmire, they didn't make a deal with the consortium. Yeah. So um, we, we can actually literally do both things. If we are going to do that tonight, I suggest that you and I go separately. I I don't know how the consortium would take it if we show up with Dr. Andrews and Mr. Whitmire. Oh, of course. Of course. Uh, who are you guys um, <laughs> planning on naming, though? I mean, we uh, There was uh, Betty's uh, boyfriend. Uh, uh, the heck's his... Beckett? Is that Beckett, who you're thinking yeah. Of? Yeah. Okay. And possibly even naming the young crazy man as an accomplice. Yeah, the one that's in Danvers. Yeah, because Dr. Call even even mentioned that the young man in the in asylum had said that they had killed yeah. Dooley. Oh, well, why don't we do that then? Well, so. well, the problem is is that they might not accept it. So I say that you prepare to raid and to rescue this lawyer, and me and Herman Rowe will go to the, the location and drop the name. Okay. And uh, if we come back in the negative then go about your uh i don't know your wanton (laughs) uh, disregard for safety (laughs) okay yeah so jimmy looks like me and you will handle the rescue yes once we get back to uh boston we can split off and johan and i can go try our our thing while you prepare for plan b so i need to stop at a gun store okay I've got a gun. Another one. <laughs> Are you threatening me with it? <laughs> no, I'm I'll trying take to it hand away it from to you. What do you have? I've got that uh, Colt nineteen eleven, I believe it is. I thought it was a thirty eight. He has a thirty eight. I've got he a Sausito's nineteen eleven. Oh, he's got yeah. two. It's not gonna do any good for me. I'm only good with a rifle or shotgun. So I need to go no. get a shotgun. 
Okay. Well, I do want to a trench sleeper. I do want to take the uh, that Colt 1911 as well as the 38. When was the uh, NFA passed? Can you? Listen? I guess it's illegal to own any gun in this part of town. How some sort of documentation or well, something, right? To Unless it's it. the gun of a war hero. Well, I was just going to see if but sawing it off was uh, was going to get him in more trouble. Is that what no. you want was the twelve gauge, two barrel sawed off? Uh, no, I'm looking at the. No, he'd want like a if it was a pump shot action. Yeah, you'd want one of the pump actions and then saw that. Yeah, they off. have pump actions back then, but their official guide only lists them as available in modern times. Mm. So, but I'll allow it because I know better. Yeah, yeah. Like worst comes to worst, just go with one that's fair, like lower. Uh, damage or something to well you can take the 12 gauge, 12 gauge pump uh and but then use the 12 gauge two barrel sawed off damage values mm. which are 46 slash 1d6 so you do the 46 within five yards and the 1d6 within 10 but you can use the five rounds of the pump here you can look that over if you want oh i pulled it up there. oh do you, oh. you got it yeah all right yeah so what is the the 12 gauge what is, what is, oh, two barrel? Okay, double barrel. Oh, don't forget, uh, like a bandolero, too. You always got to have one. <laughs> Pick up, like, shooting gloves and a vest or something, so you just look like you're going hunting. Oh, yeah, like the dapper yeah. shooting gloves. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so you said I can do the pump, but use the... Oh, you said you wanted to do, like, a trench gun or something, right? Yeah, I was just... Being facetious. I don't know if that's a really equivalent to sawed off either. No, it's just slightly shorter barrel. Right? Yeah, uh, just do the just do the pump gun if okay. that works for you. Yeah, the twelve gauge. Pump. It works like a shotgun in every respect, except it has more rounds in it before you have to reload. Here, I can drag it into your character sheet. Oh, that's nice of you. I think. Um, wasn't working too well sometimes. But I also should bring my. Um, knife just in case so i'll have to pick that up and how much does that shotgun cost let's see here uh 45 yeah 45 dollars which i think you've spent some of your Uh, budget on books today yeah which the grand grimoire yeah so um and your limit was 50 is that right position yeah 50 and yeah. now, now I think I actually wrote how much I spent on the book. I think I, I can't remember, but if you wrote it down, that's fine. All right. Who am I looking for here? No, I didn't Los write Angeles. it down. How much was the book? Uh, I want to say like 15 or something because he had his markup. <laughs> Special Monroe friend markup. <laughs> <laughs> now I sell a bunch of BS gear markup. Mm. <laughs> I wonder how that makes him feel. Because, it, like, it's a bunch of BS gear, but then he sees us use it, and it worked. <laughs> yeah. Like, all, every time. <laughs> all right, so I don't have the cash to get that shotgun right now, then. Well, yeah. if you you have the cash, I'm sure you do. Because if it's not your... That daily limit is, like, we don't have to worry about it. If it comes under that, then then you're good. Oh, okay. Which, in this case, I think oh, right. barely does. Yeah, so right. I've got... Does the spending level of fifty and cash one hundred and eighty five? Does the sawed off uh, double barrel cost different than the pump could, could to reflect times differences, or is there some sort of conversion? Because yeah, it has a 
slash for yeah. okay. modern. Well, I was just wondering if the pump action is only working with modern uh, price rates. That's oh, $100 for the modern. Yeah, okay. 45 for 20 <clears throat> Okay, I think I added that shotgun to your character sheet. Now, I added a... Uh, I don't know if this is working for you guys, but if you highlight your token, like if you click on it in the upper left corner, it should have a macro. A macro. Oh, I didn't put the shotgun one on there. Never mind. You'll just have to manually roll the damage because the damage won't work for shotgun. Okay. What's the lawyer's name? James Clark. Thank you. I should have known this time period. It's basically like James, John, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> yeah. And then so also... I wanted to grab my large knife, but like, so I'll be gearing up for this and thinking this is the dumbest thing you've ever thought about doing. Right. So I'm like, not convinced that I'm actually going to be using it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. But like, if I'm honest with myself, this is, you know, that's one thing to shoot it like fat vampires <laughs> in the jungle, but. Busting into a home right. <laughs> in the city with a shotgun like I'm some sort of... So, so you're going around with him there, Whitmire, and you're kind of seeing this play out on Andrew's uh, face. Do you have any words of wisdom for... <laughs> Shoot straight, conserve yeah, like, ammo. Like I'm a never. surgeon, so my hands should be steady, but they're not. Yeah. They're all shaking and, you know... Which reminds, reminds me, you do have to stop and change your wrap. It's gotten yeah, a bit gooey over that's the right. course of the day. Do you want to roll for it? Uh, yeah, go ahead. We're just checking for a fumble. It's pretty routine. We're doing medicine. Yeah. Um, Good enough. Is it? I didn't see it. Where is it? 54 out of under 80. No, so Good. That'll give me another opportunity to fail raising my <laughs> medicine. At. Um, when you un... You unwind the old bandages and you're you're cleaning off whatever's oozing out of those wounds. Uh, your hand touches this table for a moment that you're doing all this work on, and you have your new bandages and and such laid out before you. And uh, you get like a like a blast takes over your vision, and you have a vision. What you see is a man in rags, the color of dirt, with wiry hair and dirty skin. He's picking his way through heaps of rubble, brick, and stone. Amidst the debris, he finds a mostly intact table, which you recognize as the table that your hand just touched. Uh, the man breaks one of the legs off and begins to work on another. But then in the far distance, you can see the rubble of like a cityscape. and you, But you do see six spindly towers that stretch upwards before the tops disappear into the clouds. Then you hear a deep horn, like a foghorn, that emanates from everywhere at once, and the dirty man skitters away. <laughs> the last thing you see in the vision are the towers. No, not towers, but cyclopean legs beginning to traverse the distant landscape with a terrible and ponderous gait. The mists above swirl as a great unseen shape passes through them. Go ahead and give me a sanity roll. Yes, so I think your wound's infected, <laughs> man. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, uh oh. <clears throat> one of us. One <laughs> of us. So that's a D4 sanity loss. You can roll the D4. Oh. One of us. <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to need some professional help by the end of this. Don't worry. I'm a trained psychiatrist. 
<laughs> you side eye. I'm not sure that you're mentally fit to be the one helping people. I'm also not uh, trained well enough, <laughs> but I'm willing to give it a shot. <laughs> so as an involuntary action, you you scoot the chair back and stand up and you, the act of you standing up pushes the chair over and it clatters to the floor. And uh, now you're looking at the room you were in. Where would you stop off and do this? Your house? Yeah. So yeah, that's your table. You know it well. And there it was amidst all this rubble and amidst all this strange imagery that you have no idea what it means. But for a second, that was your reality. But now you're back in your apartment. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to play that. I guess I would, I would grab whiskey right away. Right, like pour myself a, a stiff drink and you know just sort of stare, okay, and and wonder w- what that was. And you were gonna say something, John? Yeah, I was just gonna say that it'll be during that blackout moment that he had, or the vision moment that I gave him my advice. <laughs> 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 so yeah, you uh, he you're kind of trailing off there, Whitmire, and he gets up and and goes for a nearby bottle of whiskey and how much of it do you drink? Yeah. Like a full glass. Right. <laughs> and he gulps it down and well, you can see he's definitely very yeah, like pale he, and stricken. Right. Yeah. That, be able that's to see. another way to, to, uh, quash the jitters there. Yeah. So, um, so what is it? Uh, I saw like six towers and then it turns out that they were actually legs to some enormous, to creature. some enormous creature. Now, was the dimensions of the creature visible to me or was it just sort of like you just saw some formless shape a formless swirling shape. the mist in the clouds you can actually think of how stephen king described the big creatures at the end of the mist and like how tall would i re- imagine huge just it's, that's part of what brought in the sand hit is you couldn't even imagine anything that you would describe as living or a creature mm-hmm. That could be that huge because once it moved, you realize you weren't looking at yeah. structures. Yeah, so you're even possibly talking about like getting the actual image of the creature like diffused in the atmosphere or something. Yeah, yeah. enough distance. <laughs> and then um, now the man in rags, the color of dirt, with wiry hair, picking through the rubble. Did I see his face? Uh, you did, but it was how vagrants can kind of take on a similar look where their features become dirt and <laughs> unkempt hair. Uh, you could give me an idea roll if you'd like. Maybe making the connection though could cause more sanity loss. I yeah, do have to warn you. <laughs> I, I, my if mind... you succeed it, you won't get the sanity loss. If you fail it, you would. Yeah. What's, what's the roll? It, it's your intelligence. Oh. oh, one of us, one of us. Do you want to push it for yeah. an even bigger hit? Yeah. <laughs> okay, this will be enough sand loss to drive you temporarily insane if you fail the sand roll. All right, uh, barely, though. That is <laughs> blame John. Yeah. Yeah, like my mind would not allow me to just let this go, Yeah. right? Like I have to analyze it in every direction to make it make sense. Because, like, right now, I'm, like, with the sanity loss, like, I imagine that as, like, um, a sort of a, a a break that I can see, and I have to patch that. Yeah. 
you know i'm kind of picturing this like some of those old almost like a hitchcock one where yeah. you kind of have dolly zoom like coming in at you and you're kind of <laughs> got one hand on yeah. like a fireplace <laughs> and you're drinking that you got the sweat coming down yeah Room's exactly kind of <laughs> yeah reeling <laughs> okay Didn't so I see something like that when i had put on the mask mm-hmm. wasn't i like on a train looking out a window and or was it walking down the streets of Boston and saw something pass overhead that was like that? Yeah, it was yes, like the devastation of Boston. Yeah, so the thing that ties your vision together is the table. And it the fact that it's your table and it's lying in a cityscape means it's probably lying in a destroyed Boston cityscape. And you realize that what triggered the whole thing was you resting your hand on your table, your damaged hand, the hand that was damaged by a extra dimensional being and is it possible that whatever it did that caused your hand to rapidly age put it out of phase with the time you're currently in and does your hand actually see the future is that even possible does his hand mm-hmm. exist in this does it reality exist in anymore? that reality right you forgot the most important part <laughs> that it the beast went through singularity right yeah can't leave that out and would this happen if your hand touched other things or people and would you want to know whatever visions came from that but you didn't lose sanity so you could just be like that's too uh, wild right Right. perhaps trepanning can happen on any part of the body just enough bone or flesh has to be (laughs) removed Um, so our prison is the flesh when we must uh, excise ourselves of it i will uh (laughs) look at whitmire and i'll just like stare at him as I ponder like what'll happen if I touch him right but that's what I'll be doing right now so like you know he'll just see me like slowly (laughs) move my unfocused (laughs) eyes over to him you know and then the hand he reaches this degloved oozing hand towards you yeah (laughs) would that cause sand loss Uh, if you're actually touched by it (laughs) If I'll say that he's kind of been sheltering what you were doing or, you know, keeping your hand down mm-hmm. so that Whitmire's not getting a good look at it. It is a gross injury, so it is normally provoking of a sanity loss. Uh, but I'll say right now it's been sheltered. So if he doesn't do that, then Whitmire's still in the clear. Yeah, I remember uh, it, like a story that a cop was, uh, it was like an accident had happened. And it sort of is reminding me of that where like the cop, uh, gave a statement and it was the the guy who was in this crash stood up and there was just blood so much blood and that's why the cop had to shoot the guy because he didn't want the guy to come like touch him because the guy was all messed up from the accident yeah uh whitmire you see (laughs) you're reminded of your your break after reading nameless colts the uh there's sort of an edge around his eyes although he is kind of getting it back together slowly but when he looks at you, it is a bit unnerving. And he's still kind of like over his shoulder. He set his drink <laughs> down. He's still kind of cradling his hand towards his abdomen. So you don't really see that wound. But um, yeah, there you guys are. Why does he remind uh, me do of Johan? Do you need to sit this one out, Dr. Andrews? So um, like I'll do that thing that people do sometimes that makes me want to punch him in the face. <laughs> where... While he's talking, I'll start making the movements of the words he's saying with my own lips, right? As I'm sort of unfocused at him. Yeah. But real... then I'll uh, I'll point at the table and say, touch that table. 
put your hand right there and point where I had my hand. I was real worried that he was about to start describing something I did. Well, <laughs> I just learned some new way to piss off Brandon. So I'm, I'm content for the day. Yeah. So yeah, I'll uh, kind of give him a a uh, small smile, like I'm uh, entertaining, you know, the uh, idea of a child, and I'll put my hand on the table. Don't touch the wet spot. So when you the touch it, spot. It's, yeah, it's just a nice oak table. And I'll say it, that and be like, "It's a it's a nice table, Doc." But uh, you know, what am I supposed to be doing here? Quick, while he's distracted. Oh, never mind. And now, so then one last thing I'll do is I'll flip the table and inspect the leg that I had seen the man tear and see if there's there's any connection between what I saw and the world I'm living in, right? Yeah, you you don't see anything, uh, but as you're kind of inspecting it and you're like, well, why did he take a table leg? And it's, but when you look at the, when you think about the devastation you saw in the vision, you know, maybe he's just taking it to burn it. Yeah. Just, so. yeah, for firewood. So. Yeah. Okay. So then I'll, um, I'll say I, I've had a vision, but um, what I saw what is too horrifying to describe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And that's all I'll be able to say about that. But, uh, I, like I would, right. I would say I'm determined to carry on with, what we were doing, you know, finish redressing my wound and then. Okay. So yeah, you get it. Um, dressed up again and, uh, you know, there's no further visions during the process. And, um, you guys grab your newly acquired weaponry and get back in Whitmire's car to head off where next? Yeah. So Um, I think we should hit up Finn first. Oh, right. Finn. Well, let's do it this way. Uh, so after that whole, scenario and he's got his hand wrapped back you back up you get a tap at the door which resolves to be finn mccraken he's received your message once you got back into boston and he's uh comes in writes a question mark on his pad and is looking at you guys expectantly well i'll uh i mean how i guess how much of uh how much does he is he aware of as far as james clark i guess we don't know that but i'll start at the beginning with it then is that he's been he's been taken and we're we're trying to plan a way to to get him out but we not, might need some more manpower if you know anybody yeah so he knows the last he saw either of you was dr andrews at the hospital so i think he's entirely ignorant unless he has some outside information but when you lay it all out he uh he does write down that i know one guy and i'd be happy to help of course so I'll thank him for his his support and let him know you know we're we're also gonna talk with uh the some of the old crew that I used to run with see if we could get some more some more men now did we have a definitive location on where he was or are we still trying to decide between the three yeah you're still you just got eyes on two of them at the moment one is currently unwatched because I put Wayne Nichols uh token which appears to be a shop across from uh keys wharf wharf and then you have the great knights watching a warehouse uh called the Husak tunnel warehouse and all these locations were given to you by logan terry 
So the remaining location is a boat they have moored at the northern Keys Wharf. That one's currently unwatched. Okay. But you're going to go on to uh, talk to Drew's crew? Yeah, I would think that it it would be a good idea if we could get either Finn or uh, the person that he knows to start taking up watch on, uh, on the one that we left. Okay. And then we'll collect him after we negotiate with uh, Drew's crew. All right. He, he writes down that he'll head over there now. He'll grab his guy and head over there. And you guys can head over to Drew's basement. But we'll pause there with you and focus on Monroe and Mueller as they were given an address in which to leave names to dead drop these names. And this address is like a, ends up being a store that sells drapes and curtains and wooden blinds, those sorts of things. And you guys have just gotten out of your cab in front of it now. Or wait, you guys are low rent. So you just got off the the elevated train, went down the stairs, and there you see this drape store, which at this hour does not appear to be open. And where were we supposed to drop the the name? Uh, he said to give it to the, the uh, proprietor. Hmm. I wonder if uh, they'll respond if we knock. Perhaps uh, seem to have a good many. Uh, uh, what would it be? Is uh, uh, conspirators perhaps? Yes. Working for them. Well, just from the uh, information that we have, we know that there is quite a vast and extensive network that they have. So, well, you are much better with uh, the people than I am. I'll follow your lead, Herr Monroe. Well. I do have a certain charisma as I straighten my my garish jacket and so full of pride I'll walk up and you know knock on the door because it appears closed right yeah yeah so you see it has one of those uh roll down type shades like linen shades or whatever they're made of and it uh moves out of the way and, and you see a woman's face an elderly woman's face look out at you questioningly Hello, my good lady. Uh, we were told to come here and speak with the proprietor of a matter of uh, some importance. Uh, she shouts to get her voice heard through the door. We're closed. I understand that, my good mistress, but uh, this is a matter of some urgency, and, and we were told that we must speak directly to the proprietor. Well. Is there any way that we could have a brief conversation? We promise it won't take too long. And She kind of eyeballs you. <laughs> We oh. can see how your charm works on that one. Oh, this is going to go badly. Oh, we'll actually give it a hard. Oh, yeah, that that's going to be almost impossible. Especially because I'm standing over your shoulder smiling. <laughs> yeah, and then All Jack right. Nicholson. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, open the door. <laughs> and that's too far away to even try and mm. luck or push, so. My business hours are posted, and that's what I'm going to keep. Come back tomorrow. Are you perhaps the proprietor, ma'am? Yes. Um, I believe a, a mutual friend, a man with a, a lisp, was the one that, that uh, asked me to bring a name to you. You see the recognition. Uh, lisp? What, what is this man's name? Um, I believe that uh, the name that he gave us was, was it Mr. Blackman, Johan? I believe that was the name that, uh, that we have. <laughs> that will work. <laughs> uh, Mr. X, perhaps? Uh... Yes, he, he's not the... Talkative type for the most part, at least not talkative about himself. All right. She says, one moment, and you hear the locks 
disengage and the door opens and she invites you inside. Okay. Step inside. And I said, thank you for your time. I promise we will try and make this as brief as possible. Uh, we, we had been told that we should reach out to you in particular to contact the rest of the, uh, and we're inside now, right? Yes. The rest of the, uh, consortium. Yeah. With the, yeah, the wink, wink. Yeah. She, uh, very brusquely just tells you to go up to the counter and there's paper up there. Write your message on the paper. I'll be back one moment. Okay. So she goes to the back of the shop and you guys are left out there alone. And there you see, uh, there are different cuts of cloth and different, you know, shapes of shades and blinds and whatnot that, uh, you can go look at, but that's all that appears to be out the front, front of here. Yeah. I'll write the, uh, the note and I'm going to be trying to keep an eye out for anything strange since this is like a consortium run business. So we keep an eye out for any little frog statues or any, any eldritch symbols or any, anything, you know, just kind of anything that looks even slightly out of <laughs> ordinary, probably investigating like the patterns of some of the carpets a little too no, closely. Don't, don't look at carpet pattern too close. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everything out here seems to be normal. She's selling, you know, to a higher class of homeowner. You know, they're all quality materials. Uh, but in a short amount of time, she comes back and she's carrying in both her hands just before her a uh, cigar box shaped box um, with a wooden hinged lid. And there are two, you know, what look like beads of glass on the top of it. So. Okay. And I'm going to write both of the the Porcellian members that we had been considering the the one that's in the asylum and the one that that's missing. Okay. Um. So you write that on that piece of paper, and she opens the hinge. So it's like opening the lid comes back towards her, and she says to put it in the box. I'll kind of look questioningly and kind of look to either side of the box. <laughs> it's just a velvet. It's like velvet. Line, but other than that, there's, it's just an empty box inside of it. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll place it on and say, and, and you'll make sure this is delivered to them. Yes. Please just go have a seat over there. They're usually pretty quick with their responses. I'll, I'll give a look to to Johan and then. Okay. <laughs> okay. So when you place that paper in there, she closes the, the hinge in one of these, um, glass beads on it sort of flares a sickly yellow color and she's like please have a seat i'll i'll load a bowl into my pipe and <laughs> sit down start okay. smoking i'm i'm gonna be barraging her with questions about what this box <laughs> is like so so the the box will make sure that they get the message mr monroe is it yes i urge you to be professional please take a seat I, but I, yes the box will get them the message I, okay i'm just trying to understand all right <laughs> Are you a member of the consortium? I'm not sure what you're talking about. Okay. she. I'll, I'll kind of try and see if her shadow's weird at all as she's... Hold still while I hold this light up this way. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be pretty obvious about it. stand but, right there? You're shining the flashlight in her face. But no, like I'll... Like there, there might be a light coming from the back room or something and I'll like step out of the way and like try and glance down at her yeah. shadow surreptitiously but obvious <laughs> see if she has any uh like uh non-vestigial eyelids when she blinks <laughs> yeah so yeah you uh you look down towards the floor to where her sh- shadow is being cast and that first second you see 
I don't think you've seen the shadow directly, but it's been described to you by others in the first second. That's what you think you see, but then it resolves to be a rather ordinary uh, shadow of an older woman. Okay. Um, Mr. Monroe, the chair is over there. Please have a seat. You are only going to encourage him, Frado, and just <laughs> let him run his course. He is most excitable. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll thank her and continue to, like, I'll sit down in the chair, but I'll still be, in, you know, trying to scrutinize everything in the room and maybe even catch a glimpse of whatever I can in the back room. What would you be willing to do for power, Monroe? <laughs> What, what if there was a name and all you had to do was remove the person who belonged to that name? Perhaps not even kill them. Just a little push. Well, I believe that men get what they deserve. And if it's a man that deserves to be pushed, then push him I shall. But that is a indirect contradiction, is not? Not necessarily. Men get what they deserve, but they must deserve it? Yes. But what if they have something that is cruel happened to them, but they were nice otherwise? Would they not have deserved it if they received? Well, I mean, if I'm going to be the arbiter of such a cruelness, then I would need them to deserve it before I enact such a, a, a state upon them. Mm, they must have some sort of sin before the god throws down his lightning bolt. Something along those lines. Hmm. There are plenty of wicked men in the world. What is wicked? Well, obviously <laughs> harming people for the sake of either pure pleasure or simply for the sake of their own... You wound me, Herman Roll. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not suggesting that you yourself would, you know, be out harming uh, random passerbys for no reason other than your own pleasure. <laughs> but, you know, I'm afraid I, I've only known you for a few days. Mm, this is true. This is true. So you would not attempt to just grasp or seize the power. Oh, no. What if no. you could do more good with the power? Well. What if one innocent man to just be pushed aside, not even murdered, would result in more good happening? Uh, saving a bus full of children or uh, an orphanage, a cloister of nuns. Well, that's a difficult state to be put in, but still, um, whatever deeds you do are on your own soul and so you know i would prefer to go to my end with a clear conscience but it won't matter because we'll end up in an endless void of torment and uh, agony because there is no greater ah <laughs> uh, but you know, my own conscience will be my eternal companion even in such a void and oh, surely it will scour away within the first eon of endless pain but at the same time, that's the only thing that would be left of me, and I would rather have something to hold on to. Hmm. You raise a good point. I will think on it. Why? Do you have some such a thing in mind? I do. The consortium, when I went to the theater, they gave me a name and said that it needs to be removed from the board. This could mean anything, of course. Does this happen to be my name? <laughs> no. It does not happen to be your name, unfortunately. Un unfortunately? <laughs> I mean, thankfully. Well, at the same time, I have been looking through the Liber of Honest. And I apologize. I've... My English. Sometimes I get <laughs> words confused. 
No, it's quite all right. I know that my personality can be a bit abrasive to some people, and I embrace that. Would that not be a sin? Uh, because a sin is on a sin to someone is perhaps someone would, would consider it so. Uh, would not being aggravated by someone be uh, committing a sin against the person you are aggravating? It depends on whether it's a purposeful thing or not. Is it a purposeful, purposeful thing, Hermon Roll? Can you stop yourself from talking? <laughs> That's all. <laughs> In most cases, no, I'm afraid I cannot. Yeah. But uh, such a a personality trait is, is then, like being offended that a bird can fly when you cannot. No, I agree. If you cannot stop yourself from talking, then it is not a, uh, <laughs> a thing of your own will. It is something that is outside it. So it is not a sin committed on purpose. I'll go back to puffing my pipe and looking... <laughs> Uh, okay, so there's a flare of green light in the room, and your attention is drawn up to this box and the other glass bead-looking thing on it, um, flaring to light. And the woman says, your message has arrived. Fascinating, isn't it? Of course it is. Uh, you should talk to Wittmeyer in more detail. He saw one for human, well, for beings that are much bigger. Interesting. I believe it is probably of the same arcane technology so she opens the lid where again it's open to torch you guys and there's a folded piece of paper on there so take it out and open it um is there enough light in this room to yeah, to read? yeah. okay so well, yeah i'll unfold it and show it at the same time to to johan uh before i reveal its contents let's get a group luck roll between the two of you so so who's over is lower yeah 51 uh, 59. All right, here we go. Do, 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 do. Congratulations. Um, so it says Cole Bishop, yes. Murrow Beckett, no. Or not Cole Bishop, it was Wade Bowers. There Wade, we go. Mm. Sorry about that. So the, the boy in the, tent, the, the asylum is okay to... Would work. Dependent on, which kind of works because he did mention to Dr. Call that he knew about the Dooley murder, even though he probably shouldn't. Hmm. Ah, wunderbar. Yes, perhaps we have come to a perhaps, solution that is good for all sides. I agree. And perhaps this man's sin is knowing too much. Perhaps. He he did uh, participate in the ritual that uh, resulted in the Dooley murder, so my conscience can be clean on the fact that he will be punished for his own doings. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Frau Loin. Uh, yes. Is, uh, I wonder... Are we supposed to retrieve him? Or will we be? Um, is there a... Can we send a return message? Yes. Uh, perhaps we should send a message uh, asking them to release the lawyer so that he can make the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and perhaps prevent uh, Mr. Whitmire and Mr. Andrews being forced to... Perhaps uh, we should word it slightly politer than uh, a bold-faced accusation. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, if but... Uh, perhaps you'd like to draft the, the message to them? Oh, my English is not uh, the best. I, I can try. Uh, so, yeah, I'll write out. Um, uh, hmm. I guess you'll be looking over my shoulder, probably. Yeah. Uh, so, I'll probably be something along the lines of uh, if you are the ones in possession of the lawyer, uh, Mr. Clark. Clark. Yeah, yeah. Please release him and we can begin pointing him in the direction of. Uh, oh, dang it. Uh, Mr. Was it Burroughs? No, Burroughs was on that. Cole? Cole? Cole, yeah. 
Cole. Okay. Or no, I gave you the when I said Cole Bishop, I threw you off there a little bit. It's a uh, Wade Hoffman, I think. <laughs> or no, Wallace Bowers. There we go. That's the one. Okay, let me write that down. So Wallace Bowers is at Danvers, and that's the one they said yes to. Okay. Just so we can remember it. And then Murrow Beckett, the person in the subterranean location, they said no. Okay. So yeah, um, the so that he can begin his work on uh, placing the blame on uh, Bowers. Bowers. Uh, yeah. So. Or that we can begin pointing him in that direction. Yeah. So we'll. I guess we'll. All right. Ask to put that in the box and. Okay. So it's the similar. Uh, routine where you place the message in, you see the sickly yellow light glow. She asks you to take a seat. A few minutes later, the green flash of light happens, and there you have another message. And it says, the operation with James Clark will continue as a contingency. Hmm. Oh, apparently, we are out of luck on that. Um, perhaps if we message them back, stating that uh, he's critical to our ability to shift the uh, investigation that direction. We could perhaps go through Nichols. Yes. But we'd probably need more evidence. Perhaps yes. we should uh, sit about. Plus, I believe that... Uh, wasn't there a legal precedence that the lawyer needed to get the young Dooley boy to sign off and he had already done so? Uh, I, I'm not sure if... I'm, I don't know very much about the legal system, but it perhaps might cause difficulties if we try and get a second lawyer to hmm. do the same. Hmm. Well, I guess perhaps we should just try Nicholas, perhaps send him in that direction. The, the boy seemed willing to confess. Yes. and Perhaps he can confess for Nicholas as he did. Uh, Dr. Call. Call. Yes. We can attempt it, um, but I suppose there would be no harm in, in you know asking. So maybe one more message and see if they are completely intransigent on the on the matter, or if they could. I worry about poking the bear. Yes, but this is. A... I'm a little bit more concerned on what would happen should uh, Mr. McCracken and Mr. Whitmire bust down the door of their operations to retrieve the lawyer. We could perhaps warn them of that. We could, but there are a lot of. Things already in motion to save the man. Mm -hmm. So let's pause on you guys, and will uh, Whitmire and Doctor Andrews arrive at Drew's basement, which is where Whitmire knows that Drew and members of his crew are usually at one or more of them. And you were here a few days ago, Whitmire, so you know you walk into this place that, from the outside, just looks like a house. But when you go in the entryway, there's a door that leads down to the basement part of it. And there you see the big form of Jackson as he stands at the bottom of that stairwell just in front of the basement door. And he gives you a silent nod as you clamber or walk down there. All right. I'll uh, nod back to him and head on in and see who's there. Okay, so you, the only person that's in there right now is Drew himself. And he's just sort of sitting at their bar there, drinking on his own, staring a hole right. through the, the wall. I'll uh, head up to the bar and sit next to him. Hey, Jimmy, how you doing? Not too bad, Drew. How are you doing? Oh, you know, Friday night. We had to 
keep the place closed because I felt like the heat was on us. You know how it goes. But we're missing out on all that money, and that always puts me in a bad mood. Well, I might have a might have a way for you guys to make a little bit. That's probably not as much as you know running uh, running whatever you guys are currently doing right now, but. A speakeasy with my. <laughs> well, you got my attention. What do you got? Well, there's a uh, a lawyer, and he's been nabbed by uh, uh, Francis Walsh Wait. and a couple of his guys. Uh, so what? What are you going to do about it? Did all the marbles run out of your ear? Or what's going on here? He's done. Well. Just say goodbye. I need him. Okay. Well. Because I need to get him out of there. And uh, I was thinking that, you know, uh, between us and, or me, a uh, few others, and some of the crew here, we'd be able to to bust him out, make sure it's worth your guys' while. I don't think Walsh is there himself. It's just, uh, what were the names of those two? Sweeney and who? Burn. Sweeney and Burn. Yeah, Sweeney and, Sweeney and Burn there. You think it's just those guys holding them? Yeah, I haven't seen anybody else. Uh, those are the two that, that grabbed him. And I've been watching the places, uh, the the likely locations where they got him. I haven't seen anybody else in or out, though. Well, I mean, I suppose it's possible if they don't know I had anything to do with it. And Cause that's might gonna even bring be a... able to uh, you know, knock those two off if... Uh, if you were so inclined. Yeah, I suppose we could, but I might stir the pot a little bit more. I don't want any heat coming back on me. I certainly don't want to bring anything against Patrick Malone. I think if you want to do this, you just come in with a lot more guns than they got and then grab the guy and get out. Well, that's the initial plan here. Well, how much money are we talking for me and my guys? Hmm. So, trying to think of if there were any resources that we were able to call on. Oh, uh, beyond your own cash pool? Yeah. Uh, I mean, nothing we've listed out. If there's something you can think of, you know, some connection that you have, or, you know, maybe Finn could, you know, maybe he has some connection to more money by Merriweather. You know, Merriweather's loaded down with money. He funded the whole expedition down into Peru. All right, so I'll I'll, I'll tell him that... Uh... You know, the, the last few jobs that I've been doing for this uh, this uh, extremely uh, wealthy gentleman that uh, pays extremely well. So what would it take to actually get you you and some of the crew to help us out? Because you give me a number and we'll make it happen. Mm, it's a pretty hefty risk, Jimmy. I think I think 50 bucks each for my guys. So you're looking at? 200 and your cut well are we nabbing anything from there i mean this is gonna well, be one of his uh i know some of those places those gotta be where the bootleg comes in off the river they gotta have money there or we're we not touching anything maybe it'd be advisable no, not to you um, you can take but you run the risk right I and mean, there's two locations down by the wharf and uh one <laughs> over by the uh is that Husay tunnel Docks? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the the base rate. I think, you know, 
I might need some money for if one of my guys gets shot or picked up, you know? So yeah, if I that mean, happens. I'm not opposed to taking, you know, grabbing whatever we can. Okay. It doesn't always mean that we got to, you know, we got to get rid of it right now or even here. All right. Well, then I'll just take the 200 and and whatever we can get our, our little mitts on. That works for you. Yeah. As we can, I know we can make that work. So give me an address and uh, the other details and I'll get my guys there or wherever you want them to be. Okay. As, uh, see, I'll give them the rundown of, of the three locations and... I will. We'll make sure that. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I guess I should have let him know this is a contingency. As I'll make sure they get they get paid either way. Okay. As even if we don't have to go in, which is what I'm hoping for. But um, yeah, I'll give them the three locations and let them know that uh, as soon as I have the, as soon as I get a little bit more info on which one he's holding in, as that's when we'll. We'll uh, come up with uh, a plan to go in and go in and get him. I'll make. I got a little pawn token out there. Uh, Whitmire's pawns. Um, so he has got four guys. You can split them up if you want, or you can just send them to that unwatched. Or no, Finn went there. That's right. So yeah, Finn's there now. Or you just want him waiting in the wings so you can call him out to which. You know, I, I think we could use him just a little bit. As uh, I could. We can send one to each location uh, to gather information. They give it to the fourth who sends a telegram out back to us. Okay. All right. Because I, I know we haven't checked in with the those kids, and they're getting, they're not going to be able to stay there once it gets nighttime. So the plan will be is if we're not ready to move by by this evening that uh, they take over from the, the Great Knights. So you had arranged with the Great Knights... And so I'll kind of forward it down to the other units in place that they were to telegram what they observed either to Detective Nichols or to another location. I just can't remember what location you chose last time, John. I thought it was the was uh, Monroe's. Uh, oh, his, his store. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Um, I can actually, uh, I'll, I'll let Drew in on a little tip that there's this tobacco shop, <laughs> no one watching it, full of goods. Let's consider that a uh, down payment. You're a hell of a guy, Jimmy. Appreciate that. Um, so yeah, he'll, uh, so after that, you guys can, can head back, I suppose, to the New England Museum of the Occult, mm. where you can await telegrams. Didn't tell him to smoke the dream castle? Nope. And um by the time I you get we took that anyways. I think uh Dr. Andrews currently has the tin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you missed a session, we were wondering where it was and I wanted it to be in a player's hands, so mm. he currently has it. And I'll never share. <laughs> <laughs> but uh when you arrive back there, there's already a few uh messages waiting. <laughs> And if there's nothing else you guys wanted to do well, at the... We were just going to send one okay. more message, I think. All right, well, yeah. So we'll pause on Whitmire and Mueller, and or sorry, Dr. Andrews, and then go to Mueller and Monroe. All right. So I guess I will write, I am in possession of Walter Corbett's soul fetter and will place it back in his old residence for the releasing of the lawyer hmm. and see if they'll bargain with that. <clears throat> 
Yeah, that's an interesting proposition. You broke the game master. No, I was just wondering what they would think of, about it. I had to think for a sec. I believe it's at the. Well, I, I guess I can't talk to him. I, I kind of lean. <laughs> You're like I start, trying to persuade. <laughs> yeah, I start to lean over towards the box when I. <laughs> uh, but I guess I could attempt to persuade Herr Kimball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, you can send that message, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So after the rigmarole, yellow sickly light, it's been sent. Green light, message received. Uh, you get. A response. Let me see here. I'll do it this way. I should have ratted you out. <laughs> ratted me out for having the... Except I don't know that uh, they're after that. So. <clears throat> I don't think you know that I actually have the copy That's of Libra. The you just said you did. No, I said I'd been reading it. Yeah. Um, I guess which I'd... you knew that I had, I had yeah. been reading oh. it up at the Miskatonic University. Okay, I guess you're right. Not Warren B. No, I'm, I'm not letting anyone know what I've got. <laughs> That's okay. Turnabout's fair play. Until it's time to, you know, trade you for, for, mm. uh, what was the one you have? The Vermis Mysteria. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe after I finish going through the Libra Ivanis, I'll trade you for it. Well, Has probably anybody oh, accidentally gotten rid of their, their chat thing? <laughs> like I popped it out into a window, but now it's gone away for good. Yeah. I did that a long time ago. I had just to, had to re turn it all off. And okay. Come back just in. A second. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, I know that you're the person who had assaulted the librarian, and well, um, a book went missing. Their their uh, tomes, yeah. So like, they're actual like getting ran out of or going through it might take a while because yeah. you are randomly creating them. Yeah, and the uh... okay, wow. So they say the dagger would certainly be useful. But that is not Walter Corbett's soul fetter. And here you have a couple of images that play out. So first we have uh, Mr. Whitmire talking to Oren B. Eddy and asking him where his locket was that was his soul fetter. Mm -hmm. And Oren B. Eddy was searching around with his hands, but he seemed to have some sort of strange aversion about actually locating it personally, like he couldn't interact with it in some way. And then we go back to a, a further flashback where... Vincent Newell is investigating in a room in the Corbett house, and he finds that there's a drawer that's been nailed shut, and inside are the diaries of Walter Corbett, mm. which what? are currently in the New England Museum of the Occult. So what was beginning to fall? What attempted to attack me psychically at my house? Well, is there anything else the, that you gathered on your trip through uh, northern Massachusetts that could be also to blame? Other than a bunch of ripped uh, rips in my, my slacks and some mud from the Miskatonic. Mm. But they say the soul fetter would be a worthy exchange. Mm. Hmm. It seems that I was out of that one. We could attempt to raid the, the museum. Oh, the third scene was, along with the Oren Bietti thing, uh, Walter Corbett manipulating the dagger mm. around the basement, attacking the investigators there. How hard do you think it would be to get uh, his actual fetter? Well, I'm, I, I'm probably not a part of these because I, I didn't have, I wasn't. Yeah, at this the, is this is sort of a player thing. So, thing, so you, oh. you see where the hints yeah. are. So, um, um, you, like you, you know where 
the journals were found, but you don't know if that would... Vincent even mentioned that they were in a nail-shut cupboard. I thought... My sec, no, I had the notes on it, huh? Yeah. But yeah, so I'll kind of frown. So all you have is that the dagger is not the soul fetter, I suppose. It appears that that chip was uh, not what I thought it was, Monroe. Although he does describe it as an as an interesting artifact. We must uh, procure his journals. Those are his feathers. Oh, well, those are at my my home. I thought we. I thought yours was the notes on it. Um, the journals. Yeah, they are. Okay. Okay. So that is his feather, and we they want those placed well, back into his house. If those truly are the feathers, and I'm more than happy to get them out of my home. Well, perhaps we can do this. Uh, perhaps send Whitmire. He could surely get into the house. Do they want them, or do they want them back in place of the ley line? I suppose we, we'd probably Yeah, have they like them. like your initial... Okay. Yeah, that would work. Um, he could surely break into the house and place them in some secret location. That could work. I'm, I'm actually somewhat curious about this location myself, so perhaps I'll go with him. Ah, wonderful. So... As I said, at the New England Museum of the Occult, you guys had had a few messages waiting for you. Um, and they're all from your your watch, the, the watchers that you have. And there's very little observances. They say they haven't seen James Clark or the two men yet, any of them. But they have seen trucks come up, particularly at the Hussack Tunnel and the boat on the Keys Wharf and load up what looks like bootleg liquor and drive off every now and then. But now I need a group luck roll from Whitmire and Dr. Andrews. Uh, Mine's a 50. What's yours? 38. So Dr. So Andrews does the honors. Nice. 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 Success. With a regular success. Okay. So while you've read through those messages, another telegram ar- arrives there. He actually has uh, a telegram machine at the New England Museum of the uh, Occult. So it starts mm. printing out, or however it works. I have to say I'm fairly ignorant of how telegrams work. Anybody it's know? Just like Yeah, though I think in this era it needs someone to listen to the message in order to receive it. Oh, is that how it is? Yeah, it's the Morse code where the other side will start hearing the... Yeah, so you get that incoming message. I suppose we would have to have your assistant there then to I guess yeah, there might receive be some them. Phone stuff that is able to happen too, perhaps even. But I think it's mostly still Morse code, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So she starts uh, typing it out, and it's a message from hold on from Finn McCraken that he's just spotted Quinn at Keys Wharf coming out. Of, he came out on the deck of that boat there for smoke and went back inside. Okay. Yeah, so I think that's likely the one we need to go to. At Keys Keys Wharf? Yes. Yeah. Um Finn McCracken said he spotted Quinn there coming out for a smoke. Okay. It seems like the one to me too then. As I need to uh talk with Finn anyways since we're uh since uh Rupert Merriweather's out of the state still. And now you guys are free to arrive back uh, Monroe and Mueller. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I think we would send a message back saying that we would accept the... Yeah. So you guys weren't too far off from each other. Yours was just a little bit longer because 
your specific address took you to a different part of town where they were, they stayed reasonably close to your, where your museum's at. Um, so yeah, that was amongst their messages that they had perhaps a solution. What do you, what would you say? Um, I guess we'd, you know, explain that they had, the consortium had accepted our, uh, substitution for the young Dooley boy in, in the murder. And that so I have accepted a trade for the uh, lawyer. Yes, that if we uh, return uh, the Corbett journals back to Corbett House, that they would release the lawyer. Okay, hmm. so that's the message you guys also received. Oh, we're sending a telegram. Okay. Well, you guys said you sent some message. Oh, we were going to send a message to the consortium. Saying in agreement, in agreement, oh, yeah. Sorry, I thought, and, and then return to the museum. Okay, gotcha. Okay, okay. We um, it just, the return one just says once we have confirmation, we'll release the lawyer. Okay. So yeah, then I suppose um, we could send a telegram if they have the capability here. Otherwise, how long is it from his museum? Yeah, uh, it was about twenty minutes across town. The location that the address sent you to was in South Boston. I guess in that case, we'd probably just go. Yeah. Rather than, you know, trying to find a telegram. Yeah, especially as it's getting closer to night. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, just with the varied stops that Whitmire and Andrews had to make uh, your travel time, you guys arrive shortly after. They, they've only been there like five minutes. Okay. So, once you determine to head back to the museum, then you arrive five minutes after these guys do. Okay. And so you're all gathered there with these little bits of information that you know at least where Quinn is, which likely means that's where James Clark is at. Okay, so with all the investigative forces gathered in one place yet again, mm. with varying bits of information, how are you guys going to play this? Well, uh, I believe that Herr Monroe and I were able to negotiate the release of... Uh, of uh, Clark, as well as uh, the acceptance of uh, Wallace Bowers mm. as the true murderer to replace Charlie Murphy. Okay. Yeah, so hopefully we could uh, not have any of this bloodshed potentially happen or risk our lives more so than necessary. Yes. Okay. Although, it, in order to retrieve the uh, lawyer, we had to negotiate uh, returning walter corbett's journals back to his home mm-hmm. mm. i was hoping that uh herr whitmire would agree to uh deliver them and put them in some place secret inside the old corbett house or i guess the new renovated corbett house well that sounds all wonderful to me mr whitmire would you be able to assist me in returning those journals yeah i don't think we'll have any problem with that and then we keep everyone on standby in case they betray us. Yes. <laughs> Do we think that's likely? Perhaps. But so far they have appeared to have some sort of uh, etiquette. Yes. Uh, they haven't outright assaulted us in any way. They've uh, they've been fairly polite in their dealings. and They only raped my mind. <laughs> well, yes, I okay. suppose there is that. Well, that all works out pretty well then. <laughs> so you... Uh... Anita's like, we have another message coming in, gentlemen. Pokes her head in the, the door or whatever. Uh, one moment. And when she gets it for you, retrieves it for you, it ends up being from the Keys Wharf from Finn McCracken 
he says, we have some activity here. There's a car with four men. I can make out guns underneath coats. They're approaching the, the boat. Do we have a way of sending a message back to them? Yeah. Okay. Machine? Yeah. I suppose we should let them know that we may have negotiated the release and to the, all hold fast. Yes, to hold fast and, and not make the assault. <laughs> so we'll I'll have Annette send that message. Okay. Your message goes off. But we are I believe that we should get uh, busy delivering the journals. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, while well, she's sending that message, I'll run upstairs and grab the journals, handling them a little bit more, <laughs> you know, hesitantly now that I know what they are. I had a theory. How long did you just leave them un- unattended, unmoved? Well, as long as we've been out today. But since you've had them. Yes. Okay. I, I read through them once, and since then I've left them undisturbed. I have a theory that uh, they remain uncomporeal, unpieced together, as long as it is in motion. So, right there, that should be safe enough. Okay. Uh, but the longer they sit, eventually a rematerialization will occur. Hmm. Well, then That is why the attack occurred on me, for I had been indisposed for several days, I oh. believe. But it felt like eons, of course. Give me an extreme power rule, Mr. Mueller. Oh, this is always fun. My vir is being <laughs> tested. Extreme. Aha! Oh, nice. Incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, now you've, you've felt a, uh, a powerful force just now when you were discussing the book and your theory on it, try to press itself into your mind, but you, it, abates or you push it back in some way ah and speak of the devil i just felt him so i'll take one from you (laughs) everyone best be on guard (laughs) extreme as well yes oh all right so you see that mr monroe's eyes flare with a sickly yellow light Ah. not provoking of a sanity loss on its own but his uh mouth opens and without the articulation of the jaw or tongue a voice issues, uh, where are you taking me now? Back to your house, Herr Corbett. Is that uh, acceptable to you? I love that house, but why would you take me there? Well, I've negotiated with the consortium. Do you know of them? I do not know the consortium. Who are they? The cult that uh, worships Zogua. And why do they want me there? Do you want to hear my theory, or... Any solid fact. What's your theory? I believe that they are attempting to summon their god into this world. And that you are being used as batteries. You and all of your um, uh, church members. Your your congregation that were fettered. So you uh, hear this. Does he have to make a sand check? <laughs> <laughs> He's already okay. no sand. <laughs> I thought it would just be fun. <laughs> so you hear this uh, cry of. Rage. It it does seem like it comes up somewhat distant from the back of Monroe's throat, and uh, he says that, or he shouts, "I am no one's pawn." Well, perhaps there could be something else that we can do. I am no friend of the consortium. Perhaps we can do something. Or you are knowledgeable enough to um, return to your house, return to the ley line, where you will be more powerful, 
and perhaps we could help you, uh, perhaps shield or uh, arm yourself to not be used as a pawn. Perhaps even create a poison pill, as it were. I once had access to the Liber Iphanus. If you could get me that, then I could show these consortium that Walter Corbett is not their pawn. Hmm. Does he have access to my memories or anything <laughs> like that? No, he's he's sort of puppeting okay. your body. That is uh, most agreeable. Um, would you have a time? Because we are constrained by other uh, more pressing matters right now. Or would it also have to be within uh, all due haste? The sooner the better. Of course. <sighs> are you all in agreement with that? Uh, unfortunately, we'll have to not have Monroe vote <laughs> as of right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I don't have much of a choice. I agree to your terms, Herr Corbett. We will accept to get you the Libra Ivanis with all due haste, and we will return you to your ley line, to your home. So the light fades from Monroe's mind, and if you remember way back, you just have a lapse in time. So, Welcome back. Yeah, <laughs> Welcome well, back. What are we waiting for? Let's let's head out. <laughs> you have an array of different expressions depending on the uh, the character, but they were all looking at you. Maybe <laughs> a greedy hunger type smile on my face. Okay. Well, yes. Welcome back, Herr Monroe. Is everything okay? <laughs> I was just speaking of Herr Corbett, and he took you right over. You were like a plaything to him. Interesting. Uh, anyway, we have negotiated. Mr. Whitmire, can we go as, <laughs> as soon as possible? Okay. Anyway, uh, we have uh, negotiated with uh, Walter Corbett. He does not wish to be the consortium pawn. All we need to do is procure a copy of the Libri Vonis uh, and place it in the house with him, and he will make use of it. Well, Once we have placed him there. Only one I'm aware of is up in Miskatonic University. There are many copies. He does not need it immediately. Okay. Just with uh, all due haste. Okay. Uh, perhaps this will be a poison pill to the use of him as a battery. Which could uh, benefit us greatly if the theories of what they're doing is, are true. Mm. I, I wait eagerly to see what they are doing. I, I wait. Not quite so eagerly, but rather apprehensively. Mm -hmm. But anyway, hopefully the sooner you'll get the journals to his uh, house, the better or the quicker we can have the lawyer back in our hands and uh, that poor insane boy confessing. Very good. Uh, Mr. Whitmire, uh, do you mind if we leave immediately? Perhaps yeah, the cover of right darkness now. would be uh, best suited for this endeavor anyway. I almost answered as was... Mr. Whitmire, because you looked mm. at me, <laughs> I sound like, wait, that's not an NPC. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking through you to Las Vegas. Mm. All right, so Anita comes in after a tap, and without wanting to interrupt the discussion, she lays down another uh, folded telegram. Okay, I'll open it up and read it out loud. From Finn McCracken again, he says there is a whole bunch of gunfire going on at this <laughs> boat. <laughs> Um, well, Mr. Whitmire, we may want to, to do this in all haste. It seems so, as if, uh, not everyone has, has received the message that we are not, uh, needing to assault the boat. And I know my guys were waiting until 
I said something, are we sure that this is us? Very well might not be, but our end of the bargain remains. Um, perhaps Mr. Andrews and Mr. Mueller should go meet up with Mr. McCracken and see what is, what's going on. Sounds like a wonderful idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. That's that's what I'm going to do for sure. Go that's jump directly into the that gunfire. Would be a good idea. I'll make sure to bring my doctor's bag as well. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So uh, that was Mueller and yeah. Whitmire. Are you coming are going... with me, Mueller? Yes, of course. <laughs> Mueller <laughs> and, and Andrews. Andrews. Okay, and then yeah. Whitmire and Monroe are going to go. Yeah. About uh, that tray panning, Dr. Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it on the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, you all may laugh, but uh, the, the uh, occult properties do are not to be disputed, and we are currently living apparently in pure fantasy. I have I have no no uh problem with the trepanning, but the, the concept of him doing the trepanning while on a an above ground trolley Seems as if the it would be the <laughs> wrong place and time to be attempting such a delicate procedure. And what? I can't wait to be trepanned by some uh, rogue gangster's bullet. I'd rather it be done first by a skilled hands of Dr. Andrews. Well, uh, if you are that insistent on it, I suppose you could use the back room as long as uh, clean up after yourselves. It will never happen. It is a pipe dream. <laughs> All right, so... With Whitmire and Monroe getting into Whitmire's vehicle and heading off to the Corbett house. And Mueller and Dr. Andrews catching a cab to Keys and Arms Wharf. to the teeth. <laughs> uh, we will close today's episode yeah. <laughs> and find out what happens next time. Uh, awesome, man. Thanks for playing. No, thank you, man. I'm going to stop it there. And thank John, you. Yep. Uh, we're not done yet. This has been a Death Watch production. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.